0: Good afternoon and welcome to the podcast I'm Nick Drago. First off congratulations to NCAA national champion the Villanova Wildcats. Congrats on winning your second title in three years guys. This week the top eight teams for the NHL begin their quest to win Lord Stanley's Cup and we have the full preview. Followed by all the action coming from the baseball world and how could we forget about the Masters? Open your ears and get ready because sports 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 is next. And welcome back. This is the Sports 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 Podcast, and if you can't tell by the title, we'll be talking a lot about sandwiches. Roast beef, salami, ham... Wow, that started as a joke, but now I really feel like a good sandwich. Sorry, this is actually a sports podcast. In fact, the only sports podcast that shares just the news and none of the opinions. We encourage lots of fan participation, so feel free to contact us with your opinions or questions. Our email is sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. Let's start making this sandwich with a preview of the NHL playoffs that are starting this week. Game 1 features the Lightnings and the Devils in the Snowbird series. Seriously though, you may have more retired Devils fans at this Tampa Bay matchup. Lightning barely got the number one seed, thanks to the Bruins' odd ending to the season, but nevertheless, this is a scary club. And those Devils, well, they're a surprise contender. They were red hot in the beginning of the season, but barely made it in the postseason after a rough turn of the calendar. Interestingly enough though, the Devils won all three matchups versus Tampa. The Bruins, meanwhile, still get home ice against the Toronto Maple Leafs. This is our lone original six series. The Bruins are a tough team this year. They also have the distinction of being one of the last four teams to hoist the Stanley Cup, winning it all in 2011. Maple Leafs could be a future powerhouse team led by young scorer Austin Matthews, but they'll have their hands full with the Bruins. Toronto leads the season series 3-1. to one. Moving to the Metropolitan Division, we have the two teams that do not like Pittsburgh. Washington and Columbus. The Capitals have 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 a strong regular season history. In fact, they've won their division 7 of the last 10 seasons and came in second for two of those. The problem with the Caps is that they even though they're loaded with stars like Backstrom, Ovechkin, Holtby, they never make it out of the second round. Columbus, meanwhile, is a team on the rise. They've been around since 2000 and have only qualified for the playoffs three times, the most recent being last year. Amazingly, though, these two teams have lost to Pittsburgh in their last two playoff appearances, hence me calling this the quote-unquote I-hate-the-Penguins series. Washington beat the Blue Jackets in three of their four games this season. Speaking of Pittsburgh, they are set to play rival Philly in a battle for PA, as I'm calling the Keystone Series. The Penguins have been the most dominant playoff team thus far, or in the last... Two years, at least, winning back-to-back Stanley Cups. They've been up and down all season and have a few question marks in net and on defense. But trust me when I say they become a totally different team come playoff time. Philly, meanwhile, they were a surprising contender this year. But they have a good core of young talent, circling franchise star Claude Giroux. Their goaltending situation is a bit messy. They usually platoon Neuwirth and Elliott. But Elliott's been the guy recently as Neuwirth's been injured. Uh, he's been injured multiple times this season. Pens have won all four games between these bitter rivals, but Philly has won four of their six previous playoff series. Moving to the West, gnarly Nashville, crazy Colorado. There's nothing that goes better with country music and beers. There's nothing that goes better with country music than beers, hence the Country and Coors series. The Predators were the runner-up in last year's Stanley Cup Finals and looking for vengeance. This season, they continued their dominant ways, taking the Central by storm and led by goaltending powerhouse pecorine expect this team to make it far in the postseason they'll get a chance they'll have to get past colorado first though colorado is a team that nobody expected to be here they finished last year in dead last with 48 points yikes and then they traded away their best player matt duchene so all of this turned out to be what this young squad needed to compete with the big boys. Now, they barely made it into the postseason by defeating the Blues on the last game of the season. Nashville, they've won all four matchups between these two clubs. The next matchup i'm calling the snow bomb series between canada's northernmost team and america's northernmost team the winnipeg jets and the minnesota wild the jets have an interesting history over the last few seasons they went from being the atlantic thrashers a laughing stock in the nhl to a prime contender in the newly formed jets patrick lane's the leading scorer of the squad and quite possibly could be the best player to ever play for this franchise minnesota meanwhile becomes a contender can became a contender years ago when they enticed both Zach Parise and Ryan Sutter to join their club. That was in 2012. They were able to build around their stars, but as they age, the team's chances begin to fly out the window. In four games this year, the Jets have won three, one such being a 7-2 to route in November. Minnesota won their most recent tilt. That was back in January. Next, we have the Bright Lights and Big Dreams series between Hollywood and the Strip, Las Vegas and Los Angeles. The place you go when you want to make it big and the place you go when you realize you'll never make it big and might as well gamble gamble away what little dignity you have left. Vegas has been the talk of the NHL taking the Western Conference and Division title in their first ever season. This is a team of misfits, spare parts. They were left unwanted and unprotected by the other 30 franchises and yet this group has done the unthinkable and put the rest of the league on notice. LA, meanwhile, did not have a particularly glamorous season. They were up and down, but still barely missed out on home ice in the first round. This team won two recent Stanley Cups in 2012 and 2014. And uh, the experience, well, that plays a big factor in these playoffs. The series, believe it or not, is tied 2-2. Two to two, So this might be the best series we have. I'm looking forward to this one. And the last series we have is the Pacific Coast high race, Highway Series between the Los Angeles Mighty Ducks of Anaheim and the Saint San Jose Sharks. Now, both squads battle hard this season. The Sharks should have all-mice advantage, but really, they they pooped the bed as the season drew to a close. This season was—this <clears throat> team was the Stanley Cup runner-up. That was two years ago. And boy, the Sharks, they have some bite crunch. The Ducks, meanwhile, went on a tear in the last few weeks to secure second in the division. Beyond the strange name history, they have a fairly strong playoff history and a good core of young players that are ready to win. best part of this series, though, is that in four games against these two teams, this season, three of them have been decided via shootout. That means that these teams are so evenly matched that not even regulation and overtime was enough to decide a winner. This might be the other best series of the playoffs between those last two, honestly. League leaders for the NHL look like this. Connor McDavid finishes in first with 108 points to win the Art Ross Trophy. Behind him was Claude Giroux and Nikita Kujarov and Evgeny Malkin. Alex Ovechkin wins yet another Rocky Richard at 49 goals. And Claude Giroux and Blake Wheeler, both tied for Moses Sitz, at 68 apiece. Okay. Time for a quick break, but when we return, we talk about the current state of the Major League Baseball and the NBA. We have the Masters Tournament, that was this past weekend, which we will gladly discuss, and my favorite, the Athlete of the Week. You have 30 seconds to hit the bathroom before Sports, Sports, Sports returns. Howdy ho, amigos. I'm Nick Drago, executive producer and host of Sports, Sports, Sports. Boy, this sure would be a great place for an advertisement. It's a shame you have to listen to my voice instead. If you have some kind of advertisement you want on the air, contact me directly at sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. I'm sure you've heard me say this before, but it's true. We will literally include whatever you want on the air within reason. And since we don't have a large number of subscribers, I'm willing to do it for free. So remember that email again is sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. Contact us for more info and let's get back to the show. Baseball season is beginning to hit full swing. See what I did there? Thus far we have seen a lot of action and a few surprises. Did you catch the standing ovation for Otani's first ever home run? Or the two he hit after that, what about Blackman's six-year contract extension? Many rivalry matchups this past weekend, so much so that we couldn't possibly pick only one to talk about. So instead, for baseball, I'd rather just give you the old quick and dirty. That Boston team has been red-hot sweeping the Rays this weekend and will be heading for a matchup with the Yankees on Tuesday. Blue Jays look good against the Rangers in Texas, scoring no less than five in all three games. Yankees lost three of four playing Baltimore and lost a few players in the process. Twins and Mariners had quite a duel with each winning game before the rubber match was postponed. Tigers and the White Sox. Tigers swept them in three. Indians and Royals. Yet another rivalry matchup. Indians take two of the three games. Astros looked lackluster versus the Padres, but still won two. Athletics looking poor against their SoCal rivals, losing two of the three in a few high-scoring matchups. Mets and Nats. This has been a fun series to watch. Thus far, the Mets winning two, and they had a late game tonight. Braves beat the Rockies in two in a two-to-one matchup. Miami and Philly in a battle for total irrelevance. Philly came out on top in two of the three, laying down twenty runs in Saturday's contest. Pirates and Reds in a four-game series, with the Bucs coming out with two of the four wins. The Brew Crew and the Cubbies in a four-game series that was dominated by Chicago, and that could be a big deal later on in the season. These two were red-hot last year. Cardinals lost two of the Diamondbacks in the hometown St. Louis. And lastly, the Giants and Dodgers, they continue their eons-long battle for dominance. Game 1 was postponed. Game 2 was won by Andrew McCutcheon's six hits and a walk-off home run. And Game 3 went into extra innings to the A, with the Dodgers coming out on top. As for the standings, that Boston team leads the AL East at 8-1, followed by Toronto, New York, and Baltimore. The Rays are 8-1 in last. AL Central is really close with the Twins at 4-3, and the Tigers and Indians at 4-4 and 4-5, respectively. White Sox and Royals aren't too far behind either, and the AL West is dominated thus far by Houston at 8-2. The Angels close behind at 6-3, and then the Mariners and Rangers behind them. National League meet the Mets, because they're in first place at 6-1 in the East. Braves at 6-3, followed by the Nats, Phillies, and Marlins. NL Central's competitive this year. Pirates at 7-2, Cubbies 5-4, Brewers 5-5, five and, five, and the Cardinals and Reds bringing up the rear. Last of the NL West has the Diamondbacks on top, 7-2, Giants at 4-4, four and, four, and the Rockies at 5-5. Five five. Dodgers and their giant payroll sit at a measly 3-6, and, and the Padres sit in last. Now, uh, some of those do not include tonight's uh, later games. The Kansas City Royals, they made news on Wednesday of this week when they signed Tariq Alabor to a pro contract. Now, while he might not be a star prospect and is unlikely to make the majors this season, it's important to note that this is the first time that a major league ball club has signed a player with autism. Tariq has been playing in the Empire Pro Baseball League for two years. He was the league's Rookie of the Year in 2016 and helped the team, his team, the Plattsburgh Redbirds, win a championship this past season. Elabor posted a, two, a .23, a point two three a point. Three, two, three batting average last season so you know he can really play. His passion for numbers is what led him to baseball but his play on the field is what got him here. Autism affects over 3 million Americans and it is sure nice to have for them to have somebody to look up to as well in the pros. Moving into NBA territory now, Rockets and Thunder played today in a matchup filled with star power. Not the outcome we expected, though, as the Thunder came out on top. Final score was 108-102. to 102. Big three, including uh, George, Anthony, and Westbrook, they combined for 70 points. Westbrook, meanwhile, had a double-double. This proves the Thunder can play with the big dogs, even if their record doesn't show it. And looking at the potential playoff matchups, first we have the USA versus Canada series as the Raptors take on our nation's capital, the Washington Wizards. Then the Green Series between the Celtics and Bucks, the East Coast Throwdown between the now 3rd place 76ers and the Miami Heat, and lastly in the East is the Cavaliers playing the Pacers in a series that could determine the future of LeBron James and the landscape of the NBA. In the West, it's the North and the South as Rockets take on Minnesota in a match in which Houston should not have a problem. Warriors and Thunders in the Kevin Durant Betrayal Series uh trailblazers they play the spurs who sit in their lowest seed in a long long time and finally the musical matchup between the jazz and pelicans season is ending this week so get ready because playoff fun is just around the corner the spurs as mentioned are no doubt in the playoffs but something about the season just seems off they came to a shocking realization this past week that for the first time in 18 years they will not finish the season with over 50 wins Think of it this way, the Spurs' 50 win streak is old enough to drive, join the military, and would be graduating high school. Now that is quite a feat of success. Over, the time, over that time span, they've won five championships, and since Tim Duncan's rookie season in 1997, they haven't missed the playoffs. Now, Duncan is retired, and it appears that the Spurs are starting to to decline. They've even discussed the possibility of dumping their current star, Kawhi Leonard, and just simply rebuilding. Perhaps a deep playoff run can change the current trajectory trajectory of this once-unstoppable franchise. And more heartbreak for the Celtics fans. It was bad enough to see their newest star, Gordon Hayward, go down in the first game of the season, but now it appears as though Kyrie Irving is done. So much for seeing him and former teammate LeBron go toe-to-toe in the playoffs, a matchup that everyone would be talking about. Irving is to undergo surgery to remove two screws in his patella. That's your kneecap, folks. The screws uh, inserted in t- the screws were inserted in 2015 to repair a fracture that Irving suffered in the finals that season. Most recently, he had surgery to remove ten- a tension wire in the knees. Um, During that surgery, they found a bacterial infection at the site of the screws, hence why the need for the removal. Celtics have been three and four in his absence, and unfortunately, they'll have a hard road to climb if they think they can beat Cleveland, Toronto, and the Sixers. Okay, friends, I need to take a little rest, but still to come is our recap of the Masters Tournament, of course, the Athlete of the Week section, and the part of the show where we answer questions from you, the fans. So keep those buds in your ears, because sports, 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 we'll be back in a jiffy. Hi, Nick Drago again. I'm still waiting on you to contact me about putting your ad on my show. Remember, friends, I'm offering this for free. We want to keep building our viewership, and it would be a great opportunity for your business, or it's a great spot for just a personal message. Sports, sports, sports would love it if you would advertise with us, and I'll advertise anything within reason. So if you or a friend would like to have your advertisement present on our show, please contact me at sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. I'll be waiting patiently by my computer. Welcome back to some golf talk, my friends. The Masters ended up being an awesome experience this year, full of whimsy and fun. First and foremost, congratulations to Patrick Reed on winning at 15-under. He truly deserved to win the green jacket. Ricky Fowler finished in a close second at 14-under, but third place was Jordan Spieth, who once again made this a fun ride. 24-year-old out of Texas has already won three previous majors, including the Masters in 2015, but this past Sunday, he went off, tying Reed in the back nine of the final round, ending up at 8-under for the day. Unfortunately, he couldn't put it away and landed in third. The other big surprise was Rory McIlroy, who went toe-to-toe with Reed all weekend, but laid a two-over goose egg today to end up tied for fifth. And for those curious about Mr. Tiger Woods, well, he played okay, but goes back to the land of irrelevance, shooting one over during the course of the weekend. At least he didn't hit the ball in the water five times and took 13 strokes on the 15th hole. Yes, I'm looking at you, Sergio Garcia. What was that, man? Speaking of golf, did anyone catch the grandson of Jack Nicklaus? 15-year-old Gary Nicklaus Jr. hit a hole-in-one on the final hole of the Masters par-3 contest. The feat itself was impressive, but the best part was watching the Golden Bear get emotional and celebrate with his grandson. Jack Nicklaus stated that this is his new all-time favorite moment at Augusta, even better than his six victories. There's a great video to watch, by the way, so if you're looking for a good pick-me-up, I'd say to find this video. Moving on to combat sports. During a UFC 223 media event at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, former lightweight and featherweight champion Conor McGregor made an appearance with a group of friends that he had privately flew in from Ireland. They proceeded to attack a bus loaded with fighters leaving the event. Conor was taped throwing a hand truck at the bus, shattering a glass window in the process, and injuring a few fighters that were then forced to forfeit their bouts. Following his most recent championship victory over Eddie Alvarez in November of 2016, McGregor took a step back from UFC to focus on the birth of his child and promote his then-upcoming boxing match with Floyd Mayweather. The theory is that McGregor was ticked off at the actions of Khabib Nurmagomedov during a, the lead up to what would have been his fight against Max Halliday. Now, the former champ faces at least three assault charges and a criminal misdemeanor. Connor was also stripped of his championship belts. Uh, many thinking that this would hurt the fighters' chances of fighting again should probably rethink that. McGregor's work on the Mayweather fight helped it become one of the highest, actually, it was the highest pay per view event of all time, and they're currently discussing a sequel. These actics. Ant- these antics may have just bought him a high-priced fight against Nermaj Madoff. Keep your eyes peeled as this story develops. All right, my alma mater, the University of Hartford Hawks. Now, I personally love the Hawk Talk, and I'll be kind of sad to see it go when the spring season ends. Until then, though, let's take a look at how the baseball team is faring thus far this season. They sit at 9 and 18, not exactly the type of season you want to write home about, but Conference play has just barely begun. Over the weekend, they played rival Albany in Albany, which just so happens to be where I was on Saturday. Hartford ended up losing uh, one Saturday, in Game 1 on Saturday. The score was 10-9, and then they won Game 2 that afternoon at 9-0, and then finally went on to win Sunday's rubber game 7-3. Their best player this year is a young man named Nick Campana. He f- is currently batting a 372. He has two homers, 35 hits, and 17 ribbies. Plus, Coach Justin Blood recently broke the school record for most career wins. He sits at 123 right now. Whew, so much to hoot and holler. So much hoot and holler has been made about the top quarterbacks in this year's NFL draft. Big names such as Darnold, Mayfield, Rosen, and Allen come to mind. Yet another QB is being projected in the first round. That being our Athlete of the Week, Lamar Jackson. Many forget about Jackson's Heisman winning season two years ago or his mammoth stats in his three years at Louisville. But the fact of the matter is that this boy can throw. He can also run, too, scoring 50 rushing touchdowns in his college career. Um, add that to his 69 passing touchdowns, and you're looking at a player who can fit in well with a squad ready to win right now. This 21-year-old Hills from Pompano Beach, Florida. Perhaps the Dolphins will take a chance on the local star. Lamar, thanks for doing what you do. You are welcome to pop into our studio anytime and claim your Athlete of the Week trophy. They'd maybe be on the show. Okay, friends, we have a few pieces of mail coming in this week. The first comes from Dan Newman in Indiana. He wants us to give our thoughts. I'm sorry, he wanted to give us his thoughts on the name for Seattle's potential NHL franchise. We talked about this uh, in last week's show. He was a big fan of the name The Totems. He also liked the Rainers and the Americans, but said it would be better if they named the team after Bigfoot. That might be an issue because the Avalanche currently use a big hairy foot as their secondary logo. But darn it, Danny, I love the originality. I look forward to seeing the Seattle Big Feet take the ice. Young Gun Jamie Grum also stated he would like to see the team named uh, the Green Lake Otters or possibly the Needlers after the uh, the uh, Seattle Space Needle. Another article in Mail comes from Sean Signer out of New York. He states that he is a fan of the show. He likes the content. He likes the flow. Specifically, the fact that we don't just focus on only one region. We have a pretty global outreach. You know, we also discussed the Notre Dame women's basketball team who uh, definitely deserves... Um, They definitely deserve props for beating Juggernaut UConn in the Final Four. Uh, For those of you out there who'd like to contact me and have your question or comment on the show, email us, sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. I've probably said it a million times. Special thanks, as always, to my fiancée, Johanna Albert, who designed our wonderful logo and has been the content editor over the last few episodes. Her favorite segment is Our Athlete of the Week, which she basically picks the athlete. Of course, we cannot forget the music for the show. is a song called Golden Sunrise by Josh Woodward. A link to his website can be found in the show notes. Special thanks to those who wrote in this week, including superfan The Young Gun, Jamie Grum, as well as Sean Signer and Dan Newman. Thanks again to my mom and soon-to-be mother-in-law for sharing us on Facebook. And thanks to Diamond Joe Calabro. Uh, Also, thanks to those supporting me in my move to Philadelphia. So far, it's been quite an adjustment, but uh, we're doing pretty well. Upcoming games for the week include some good MLB series, including the Pirates and Cubs, Blue Jays, Orioles, and Rangers versus the Angels. NHL playoffs will get underway starting Wednesday, so you can check out all that fun jazz. And the NBA closes out with the Celtics-Windsors Tuesday. Uh, Portland and Utah, that's on Wednesday. So don't forget, like, comment, share. You can Google us. You can schmoogle us. But please don't bluegle us. Tell all your friends and someone please break into the Golden Knights that goalies over 30 never win the Stanley Cup. Email us directly at sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. I'm heading off to make myself a delicious sandwich. Remember, I'm Nick Drago, and thanks for listening, friends.